Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Wes Matthijs. Hey, Wes. Wes is back. Hey, what's up, How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Excited to be back. Thank you so much, Wes, for joining us for this episode. This is our Book Club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And now, Wes Matthijs is going to tell you all about it. Hey, this is where you read what we tell you to read, and then you listen to us talk about it, and then you give some... <laughs> <laughs> then you give us some pointers about what we're talking about. Danielle, I miss you. Um, and then we talk about what you guys talk about. And then we have so much fun that we become friends and everything's about friendship and book club. Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Great job. Great job. Oh, yes. Great job. Thank you so much. Yes. And Danielle, she wasn't able to join us this week. Um, she's really busy with a huge art deadline, but she's got some great stuff going on. And she'll be back soon next week. I got some shouts outs for this week. Shouts outs. Yeah, I want to shout out Matt Strackvine. Yes, the long, yeah, month, the yeah. no longer Longmont kid. <laughs> no longer yeah, the Longmont no, kid. No longer my kid. <laughs> yeah, that was great. We had such a great time with Matt last week. I was so glad he came in on the clutch at the last minute. So that was really great. And it was such a great discussion. We could have just kept going. We could have just kept talking because oh, yeah. like, I edited so much out of that episode. We talked for like over two hours. Yeah, it was over two hours. So we'll have to have some outtakes at some point um, when I can edit around that some of that stuff. But anyway, uh, that was a great time with Matt. So thank you so much for joining us. And we'll have him back on the show soon or on our other show, Hellboy Book Club. I saw on uh, Twitter that uh, he's getting his comics from Atomic Empire. And that's the comic shop that my sister-in-law works at. Are you serious? I'm serious. Your sister-in-law works at Matt Strackbine's new comic local book combo store. store. Well, did you tell him that? Yes. Well, he's ordering. They're they're in Durham, North Carolina, and he's in South Carolina. So, oh, yeah, that's, okay. the, that's the one that you sent me to, right, Aubrey? Yes, that's the one. That's where you sent that's... me. Yeah, I need to go back again when your when your sister-in-law's there. Is that cool to shout that out? Is that cool to say that? Oh yeah, well she listens to the podcast. Oh okay, great. Yes, no shout out Atomic Comics. That is so cool. Atomic Comics in Dorm, North Carolina. Awesome, great job. I love stuff like that. That's amazing. We got some listener feedback this week. Listener feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us and it's a book club get out regarding our episode with matt last week we heard from drew campbell drew campbell book club member yes um so we got off on like a huge musical tangent which oh, was did. really fun you know that was really yeah. a great discussion Drew said, I love the Melvins. You may be aware, but didn't mention to tie two parts of your conversation together. Buzz Osborne was friends with and a major influence on Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. If you listen to early Cobain recordings and early Nirvana, it sounds just like the Melvins. And hmm. Del Crover from the Melvins played on some of that early Cobain Nirvana stuff. I think Buzz introduced Nirvana to Dave Grohl. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. we were talking about both of those bands. Hmm. He said, uh, interesting tidbit. My gateway into both Hellboy and the Melvins was Tool. I first heard about the Melvins when they opened for Tool, and the recommended reading section of the Tool website was what first convinced me to check out Hellboy. That's awesome. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that the Tool website recommended Hellboy. That's really cool. I didn't know that either. That's unbelievable. That's awesome. We've seen the Melvins open for Tool, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the Houston audience was not so 
receptive. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Yeah, it was kind uh, of like it was kind of a little bit. It went over their heads, but yeah, they, this they, last time that I saw them open for ministry, everybody was really digging it. I just think it was Tool fans in the '90s in Houston were dicks. Yeah, they really were. They booed like everybody, and I don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you? Why do you go to a concert and boo anybody? But no. But I don't want to diss on anybody. <laughs> um, Buzz Osborne did come out and play with uh, Tool during that show, though. Yes, they played You Lied. They didn't play You Lied at mine. No, no, we got Cat Scratch Fever because in Maynard kept talking shit to the crowd. Oh, that was in the 90... <laughs> that was in, in the... 98. Okay, I saw him at the Woodlands, I think in like 2000 or something like that, and they played You Lied. Buzz Osborne came out and okay. played with them for well, that song. Yeah, I saw him in 98. Um, something like that. Anyway, yeah. I have to pull out my ticket stubs. Drew also said he saw them... We were basically okay. at the same tour. Like, we didn't saw them on the same tour. Like He saw them two days after I saw them in Houston. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Very cool. Drew goes on to say, I also wanted to mention, and this seems like a as good a place as any, I was driving for work the other day, and when I'm driving, I often like to just shuffle my entire music library. A song came on that I didn't immediately recognize, and it sounded cool as hell. I looked at my phone, and it was King of Rot by Only Beast. Hey, that's, that's my No man. way. He said, as the song went on, I'm like, this kicks ass. And then it gets to the all my life part and no line gave me chills and brought tears to my eyes. And then Danielle did that flattery thing with her voice and I was dead. I can't explain what that song did to me except to say that it was an incredible experience and you guys fucking rule and I want more. Hey, that's great. Uh, thank you for saying that, Drew. You know, a um, little sidetrack. Uh, we are mastering our, our album that has been in the works for the, like the last COVID kind of fucked a lot of shit up and for us um, when we were making it. So Hopefully that'll that'll come out soon. Thank you so much, Drew. I really appreciate all those kind words. We also heard from Ross Radke. Ross Radke. Book club member. Yes. Uh, Ross said, love the music talk. I have the DC Metal album on vinyl. Oh, shit. That's awesome. It's got guest appearance from Greg Fusciato from Dylan Escape Plan and Chino Moreno from Deftones Crosses. <laughs> also excited for the new album, by the way. Awesome. Love yes. their debut. Oh, man. That fucking debut album is so cool. Really good. Really good. Yeah. And Dillinger Escape Plan, man. Greg Fusciato. He's like my favorite fucking singer right check out their album the black queen that's a good one so ross goes on to say i grew up near seattle in the 90s so grunge was still popular when i was a teen even though the genre had died by then nirvana was overplayed on the local radio station but i love the run of lesser played songs territorial pissings drain you lounge jack and stay away those are all great yeah that fucking whole album's a banger there's a really good nevermind tribute album that features a couple of my favorite artists uh foxy Shazam, who have a track featured on an episode of peacemaker uh doing drain you and charles bradley who performs an episode of luke cage doing stay away oh nice also a big melvin's fan i like uh the maggot bootlicker crybaby trilogy of albums and also freak puke which features mr bungles trevor dunn on stand-up bass dunn and buzz osborne also play in mike patton's phantom loss yes that phantom loss that's some good stuff i've heard that Fuck, um i gotta check out some of these melvins i'm just like like I'm just getting, I'm just like catching up on it now, and there's so much stuff. So oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just like barely dipping my toe into it and getting into it. But anyway, thank you so much, Ross, for all the recommendations. I'm gonna put these on my Apple Music. Ross goes on to say, I've been making some Apple Music playlists and plan to add a few more soon. I'm working on one with my favorite Gonzo guitarists like Buckethead and Larry Lawndale from Primus. Uh, for some new music, I did check out uh, the Pandemic playlist that he did. Oh, nice. And I think he shared that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, to his yeah. Apple Music, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'll try to link those in the show notes if possible. 
um also like ross send me some playlists like you have my number like i have apple music just text them over to me and uh and i'll check those out i really want to check out some of that melvin stuff so anyway excellent you guys are gonna make me get apple music i know right Uh, oh wait no i have spotify (laughs) yeah aubrey's got spotify what about you wes do you what are you listening to these days anything like any i don't know i mean i love metal i'll I'll always return to metal but what's some metal that you could recommend what's some metal i could recommend oh man hold on let me pull up my uh spotify let me see what's going (laughs) you know what's really you know what's really weird i've been listening to miles davis recently i don't even know why like i've just oh, been miles listening davis awesome. to just stuff to drive that's not metal at all but i've just been putting on miles davis to listen to for i have no idea why because i've just been in that headspace i have three of these um his albums on vinyl uh the miles davis quintet i got relaxing working and cooking nice okay. i don't know if rage against the machine counts i know they're playing in raleigh north carolina i really want to go oh, see them shit. But the man, tickets are like show. 300 bucks oh yeah. man and i, I hate can't that. i, I saw can't them in that. 99 yeah we saw them in the family values or something like that didn't they play some or no but i oh, saw no, them no. headline too yeah no, i saw them uh they um it was on the battle for los angeles yes or, yes and yeah. uh gangstar the rap group opened up for them Yes, okay. I remember that. I was at that show. Yeah, that was. I cool. thought that was the Family Values tour or something like that. Anyway, oh, no, no, I don't no, think maybe it's... not. Anyway, um, yeah, Rage Against Machine know. is great, man. I kind of like a lot of that stuff that they did on Renegades too, like some of yeah, the, Renegades, some of those Renegades covers and stuff like that. That's yeah, the really covers good. are good. But I don't know. I like. I love Bad Religion. I like Pantera. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, shit. we love Bad Religion over here. Is Bad oh, Religion? Does that count as? Does that count as? Metal? That's uh more that's punk, punk like some, I think. I yeah, guess that punk, falls right? under yeah. the punk genre. Oh, but yeah, I've seen Bad Religion a ton of times. I've seen Pantera live. That was fun. Man. They saw him on the the Great Southern Trinkill tour. Nice, nice. Yeah. Really cool. Avenged Sevenfold. That's a Avenged Sevenfold I like. Nice. Like okay. newer, newer metal band, I guess. Well, newer also. as not that new, but <laughs> Right. No, they've been around for a long time. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for those recommendations i don't know if i mentioned on the, on the last episode speaking of like miles davis you know kind of like jazz stuff clifford brown and max roach check out that album okay. that's a really good album okay. um if you're into like uh listening to some jazz stuff i've been checking that out lately max roach is one of the best drummers of all time yeah. kind of underrated i think a lot of people haven't heard of him so anyway check him, him out yeah max oh, roach I'm awesome. Look it up. awesome i fucking love jazz <laughs> and metal and rock i don't like I guess there's something good in everything, but I don't like country music. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm the same way. You guys are in Texas. I you have like I feel like it's a requirement. Maybe it's not. I don't know. No, I don't oh, know. God, I'm no. not really it's, into it either. In South Carolina, a lot of people listen to country. That's what I'm like. Oh, and I'm yeah. like I I've given it a try so much, and I'm going to continue to do it. But I well, I struggle with a lot of country songs. There's some that's okay, but most of it is just all twangy, dumb bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I can do bluegrass. Like bluegrass isn't that bad. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah see, so like, I don't know if this is actually country, but there is uh, there's this punk band called X. They're like an old school yeah. band. They're like from the 70s and 80s or whatever. And they have a side band that's called the Knitters. <laughs> and that's like their little country blues side gig. See, that probably sounds pretty good. And that is some good shit. Check out, they only have two albums. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a lot of music. You know, you can just like check it out. But that's some good. Uh, I don't know if that counts as country, but 
I think I think it kind of that's the closest that I get to it. I think check out the well, knitters. I mean, it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, okay, I like Johnny Cash. That's definitely yeah. That's kind of like the knitters is kind of like in that you know I mean, vein. Yeah. I guess. Country and Johnny Cash time, is like rock and roll. It's like rock and roll country. Yeah, it's just like I, I don't know. Most modern country is all about trucks and America and freedom, <laughs> manufactured bullshit. Anyway, you don't have to leave that. Part, anyway, right? you don't have to. Leave it, right? <laughs> yeah, but no, no. I'm always like, uh, I feel like I got to be careful with what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, great discussion, you guys. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we're going back to the outer verse. So, yeah, you know, Wes, you've been joining us for a while now, you know, to talk about these outer verse stories. And uh, this week we've got some more short stories. Yeah. And I really love the Baltimore short stories. They're probably my some of my favorites. This is the, I've been enjoying this stuff the most so far. The last episode that we did and this stuff is like been in the sweet spot for me. It's really good. I feel like it's yeah. like calm before the storm, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, things start to pick up a lot. But the short stories, like little missions, side missions that are like you don't need to read anything else. You can just read them. Those are always my favorite stories in any in any yeah. world, in anything that I read. I don't know why. I just like them. But uh, this week, we're continuing our discussion with Baltimore's comic series. Um, again, this is part of the larger outerverse, just like John said. We are continuing with uh, some more of the short stories. The first story this week is Dr. Leskovar's Remedy. So uh, is this the cover with him laying on the uh, on the beach with the crabs and all that? Yeah, this is another um, Stenbeck cover, but uh, Mignola did a variant cover. So this was like, well, it was 2012. 2012, Mignola did the Year of the Monsters, and I don't even know what that meant. But each, I want to say every month he came out with a different cover, and it wasn't all like it was in a bunch of different series. Do you remember this, John? The Year of the Monsters. Yes. So, yeah. yeah of I course, remember I remember. This. I, I yeah. of course, I remember this, Wes, because you know that I collected all of these. Right. Me too. And, <laughs> and I got so, I got like half of them signed by Mignola. I got oh, a bunch shit. of them signed by Mignola. Okay, mine aren't signed, but this I, I I managed to get all of them. The Baltimore one was the last one that I got. This was the hardest one for me to it's get. Hard to get. Yeah. I don't have this because. One. Because everybody wants to charge like $100 for it, and I'm yep. just not going to pay that for one of these. Yeah. And I finally found a guy on Mike Mignola's art who was selling a bunch of variants, and I think I got it for 20 bucks. Oh, that's from awesome. Like, from like another fan who sold me a bunch. I bought a ton of variants off of him because gotcha. he was like reasonably priced and whatnot. Well, so cool, anyway, yeah. I finally got this one. And uh, what's funny about this is this is just a cool-ass cover. But there was it. Of course, it doesn't have anything to do. The Mignola one ha, doesn't have anything to do the, with the, the variant story. covers. Don't neither like a majority of them don't. Well, I All mean, they the, do. They have like the main character, but a lot of them are just like out of left field. Like what? This has nothing to do. Which I love. Exactly, it makes me love it yes. even more. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the uh, most of them don't have anything to do with it. But uh, but then they went back, and I haven't read it, but I know this from the solicitations. They went back and wrote an extra story for the omnibus version that incorporates the what this cover is about. Oh, oh shit, really? that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, okay. we haven't gotten to it yet, but I think it's like that's one of the new things that was added for the omnibus. Most of the omnibus, I think, is just the regular stuff. But I don't know if it's this, if it's omnibus one or omnibus two, has an extra story that they went back and did just to talk about this cover image by Mignola. So anyway, oh, wow. that's fun. I'm excited I, to get to I'm it like, now I'm like, did I read this story? I'm like questioning if I ever, I don't think I even read that story then. You might not have. Yeah. 
But it is. Mignola's cover is fun because it has like it has the it's like a red bat instead of the red bird. It's like a bat in front of the a giant King Kong that yeah. <laughs> um, Baltimore is fighting. It's like bonkers. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, it is a red bat. I thought that was like blood. You're absolutely right. I think it's like tying to the birds and tying to like whatever Manila might do, you know? That's really cool. Maybe the gorillas are really big Batman Beyond fan. (laughs) 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 But back to this other cover, you guys haven't read the Dark Tower series, have you? I've read the The, first first three books, I think. Okay. But like, that was it. Yeah, I read Uh, the Dark Tower. You're talking about when like the crabs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's beginning of the second book, so you've read this. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I read Uh, this. When uh, Roland's laying on the beach and there are all those crabs and they, well, they do something to him. I'm not going to spoil that book for you. Right, right. (laughs) But I mean, I was, was, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw this image. Right. And Uh, he's got the gun and everything. And yeah. 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 I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. There totally could have been some inspiration there from that wouldn't be surprised but it's just a really cool cover too it is a cool cover like we really see like stenbeck his art gets so beautiful i think it gets so good he he really he continues to impress yeah and the koshi stuff is good i mean you mentioned it uh, two episodes ago like i don't know his, oh yeah I mean, stenbeck like grew on me so much i can't this. wait to see him return to that universe oh it's yeah. gonna be so good anyway yeah. we'll talk about that on the hellboy book club yeah, for sure. Published in June and July of 2012. Issue one was June and issue two was July. Written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. Uh, art by Ben Stenbeck. Colors by Dave Stewart. Letters by Clem Robbins. Issue one was covered by Stenbeck and then we had the variant covered by Mike Mignola. Uh, nice. All right. So so we open up on our first page. Kind of get a nice little fishing scene here. We open in... Uh, I, you, do you know how to say this, guys? You know how to. Say, uh, I think the J is just silent. I think, or it's like a Y sound. So it's just so like, Belagorum. Yeah, there you go. We open in Belagorum, Croatia, May nineteen seventeen. This is seven months after Curse Bells, four months after the play, and one oh. month before the Widow, which is the story that we read earlier before oh, the thing. Okay, this is like before the Widow. Yeah. So I guess from here he goes to the widow, I guess, right? Right, right. And book club members can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was right. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Tweedo, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we meet the locals, an old fisherman and a girl, uh, Cecilia, uh, who just hauled a bunch of fish and another little girl, Bruna. Uh, Bruna is making a sandcastle there of the beach, like right in front of her, uh, her boathouse. Yeah, it kind of looks like a bunch of boats that were turned upside down and built into houses. They've yeah. made like a little shanty town or yeah. something, like a makeshift village on the shore. Yep. Yeah, that's what I got from that too as well. I like the sandcastle, the detail of the little shells in there. Yeah, I like yeah, that. That's, that's a nice pretty cool. Detail, yeah. Yep. yeah, I like this seagull fighting the crab. Crab is fighting seagull. That's another little detail. Look at that. There's that's like, really cute. It was like fun little stuff like that, right? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyways, um, Bruna's making her sandcastle. She says she's pretending there's a princess in the castle and the crabs on the beach are giant crabs. They're going to eat the princess, but it's okay. There's lots of things worse than giant crabs. It's sort of fun because, you know, I mean, if you read through the story, right, we get a little foreshadowing potentially. It's setting that up. It's like, you know, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, there's going to be monster crabs (laughs) at some point. Like, as soon as I read that, I was like, monster crabs are coming Mm -hmm. down the pipe. Yeah, Stephen King didn't write about Monster Crab City. He probably did. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> no? All right. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. I know. We'll leave it for Joe Hill. 
so then they meet up and they continue on. I like this little kid, like on the next page, the little kid taking a bath with his grandmother, I guess. I don't even know. And then a seagull that's eating a crab. Yeah. I, I, I like to pretend it's the seagull that was fighting the crab. Maybe. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. notice those little details. Wow. There's so much in there. There's a lot going on in these pages. And it's funny because a lot of the time I read in breaks and I don't get to look at the pages. So going back through it, like I really just kind of look at the pages. It's just kind of fun. Yeah, taking all in. Yeah. So on this next it looks page, like way here in the background, looks like way, somebody way here in the background is giving a beer to somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of little details back. Oh there. yeah, it does look like they're handing off a beer. Great. Like here, here's your, here's your soup, yeah. here's your beer. Um, <laughs> so the girls meet up with their brother Drago, which is an awesome name, and their uncle Flip, which is another awesome name. Like I already love the people in this town. <laughs> I love Uncle Flip. That's great. But this little kid, he's got a fucking cigarette. I know, he's smoking he's a cigarette. Like, he's lost a tooth. Flip has got a scar on his face. Like, these townspeople are badasses, right? Immediately, you're like, damn, these right. townspeople are fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, the girl's a phenomenal fisherman. She caught so much fish. Like, they're like, I don't right. know. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They clearly don't give a fuck. They're awesome. So they're in a town uh, built what looks like upside down boats. And we, we mentioned that earlier. They hear a sound and look up to see an airplane sh- streaking smoke across the sky. Right there. We get this. I love on the next page. Oh, how yeah. It kind of goes through oh. all the panels, like, like crosses through all the panels. Yeah. I, I like how um, like somebody says, is the sky on fire? Like they don't really know what they're looking at. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. 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 And if you think about, I don't know, like, you know, how popular, cause this was world war one or, you know, around that time, like how popular, planes were have they seen too many planes i don't even know right yeah well it's a little girl so she probably had never seen one yeah she probably never did you're right drago thinks they're being rescued we go to the next page the uh, townspeople quickly realize that the plane is about to crash into the shore rescued not in that we're not Cecilia yeah. says it <laughs> yeah like in all of these the sound effects what we call onomatopoeias yeah like instead of just going crash it's like a crash you know and then it's like with a K, right. it's like yeah. i don't know it just changes all the Changes all the words. I don't know. It's fun. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. The children are told not to go to the crash, but Bruna makes a run for it. Her grandmother, I suppose, yells at her. And then on the next page, the uh, the people approach the wreckage. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? What's that smell? Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, not so close. To me, it's like clear like they've seen, they've clearly seen some shit, right? Because we see Flip and he's got a scar on his face. We have little kids smoking cigarettes. Right. Like they've seen this stuff before. They walk up to this plane crash. They, they don't scream. Even even the little girl is like, I think it ate a man. Like she's yeah. looking at this arm sticking out of this like what the fuck mouth. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like a horse hip. I don't even know what. Yeah, yeah. This, this harkens. This harkens to me like the fucking Ogdruham BPRD stuff. Yep. You know what I mean from that title. But like it's kind of slug like and bug like and. Yeah, I don't know why I Reptile keep thinking of like Killian. a horse. Jaw yeah, it does look like a horse. Jaw, yeah, Beta Ray Bill yeah, Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, it totally horse does look small. like Beta Ray Bill. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. But it's got three mandibles. Yeah. Right. Right. But it is. I mean, anyway, this thing. What's the? What an incredible design. I love when uh when they first approach it and you just see like a shape on fire in that second panel, like. You already know it's going to be so weird when you reveal yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, it's great stuff. But I do like how Bruna comments on the monster eating the man. It's just like just another thing. She's like, I think it's eating it. I think it's eating a man. She just sort of says it, you know. <laughs> and Flip is like, keep behind me. 
And then we get a clunk, like there's a clunk coming from the plane. And then we get on the next page, we get a nice silhouette of Baltimore walking out of a plane wreckage. This kind of reminds me of what like Captain America, when he stops the nuclear bomb from the Russians and he like hops on a plane, flies to another plane, jumps off that plane, grabs another plane, crashes it into... I don't know. This is like when he got right when he got frozen, like when he went landed in the North Pole and got frozen, like right before that. And then hops on the nuclear warhead, disarms it and then falls into the North Pole with the nuclear head and himself and freezes for however many years or whatever. Like reminds me of that. Like Baltimore just. But he just walks out of it. He just walks out (laughs) of it. It's like whatever, you know, man, it's a great reveal. It's like a. It's a. It's funny that you said that because it reminded me of this whole scene was very cinematic. Yeah, me. and this is you know what I mean. Like this reveal of Baltimore is like this plane comes crashing. There's a giant monster, and then you see him him come out from behind and just blast it, and then pass out. And it's like that's like the cold open of the Baltimore episode for this yeah. week or whatever. Yeah, and if you, you just read I mean? this story, like, you you get a lot. You learn a lot. Like clearly, these people have been in this world for a little while. And this Baltimore is clearly a badass who like just does whatever. And they were like, "Who who are you? What are you doing?" Yeah, bam. Yeah, blam. No answers. <laughs> See some stars. Passes out. Yeah, no, it's good. I like how he he curses uh, bastard on his way as he passes out. <laughs> I also love that Dave Stewart explosion of color. You know, on that yeah. panel where he blasts it, he makes it all orange. That's really I know. Nice. You always get the orange with the action. You know, like vibrant reds and all that stuff. It's super awesome. He's passed out. He sees stars. He says bastard. And they're like, look at his leg. Yeah, no. How does he walk with that? Yeah. I love Drago's <laughs> face too. when he says that, like what? I don't even understand how that works. They ask, is this another one of Les Govar's creatures? Is it? They look at Baltimore. Is he dead? If he's not, he looks like he'd rather be. I love that. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I feel like sort of dwindles yeah. off into whatever sleepland. And then they just ditch him on the beach. They literally just <laughs> leave him, right? They go back and they go, they go, oh well, and they go back to their Yeah, they're like, Well, whatever. Guess guess that guy's dead or whatever. They probably they don't even check his pulse or whatever, they just disappear. But, but I mean, you know, we find out they're stranded on this place. They probably don't want another mouth to feed and they're like we don't know. And they know about Dr. Lescovar. Uh, so they know that he's doing it because they said, is that one of his creatures? And so they don't know who this guy is. They're not going to bring him into their house. He could be a monster. Yep. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. So there's like, there, there's a name that I say that I, that came from whatever books that I've read in the past. And I don't know why I can't say Lescovar. <laughs> and I, and I just say a random name. That's not Lescovar at all. It's not even close. Uh, I don't know why that happens. That's all good. Um, that's all good I, I love the next page this page with this scene in the distance like you can see that there's a city in the distance they have their town of ships it's another full moon we got we have like a mood mood right. shot with this bright yeah. red crab also I don't, I'm throwing this out there and, and I hope the Longmont kid likes this but Baltimore is known for crabs well, they're blue crabs not red crabs but Baltimore, Maryland is known for their crabs. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I don't have, know if that has anything to do with this story, but I just thought it was fun. Fun little <laughs> factoid. That's a great detail. Yeah, that is a fun fact. Yeah. Baltimore gets awakened by a uh, seagull, like pulling out his boot um, laces, yeah. wakes him up, which is sort of a really fun scene. He pulls pulls his gun on the on the seagull. Off me, Danny. I love how the seagull just like ronks back at him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I love that panel. Like, that seagull doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's just like, ah! yeah, I know. <laughs> so, 
it was this this whole page right here is what made me originally think of Stephen King Dark Tower before I looked at the cover. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 I really like. When that. I read the Dark Tower, I imagine everything in gray too. You know what I mean? Like I always yeah. I like I've, I imagined everything like sort of gray, like it was I don't know in purgatory or something like that. I always thought, yeah, like the first book and like parts of the second book. But for sure, the first book, I always thought it was like, it was always gray, gray in my head for some reason. I don't know. Oh, nice. That's cool. I always kind of saw it as more of a, the first one, at least about more of a dusty brown. Yeah. Color. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. It's like a desert. <laughs> it was like all desert. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then um, I like when he turns the page because like, he's like, hey, just a bird. I know. We sort yeah. of see a side of Baltimore that you don't really see. Right. He's like laughing and sort of like, you know, we get a little bit more personality, yeah. I think, in the story from Baltimore than we did in other stories. Yeah. Like he jokes. Makes and it, jokes, and it's a flash to him um, seeing the vampire, and so it's like the bird pulling on his lace is like you know um, he's training himself to wake up to anything, right? Just in case yeah. a monster attacks. Yeah, like hey, exactly. yeah, he gets woke yeah. up and he cut his eye out. I like how he's actually not alone. There's like three people watching him. Yeah, I know. yeah, they're like they're just like let's see what happens when this guy. You know, it's funny. I like I didn't even I don't know why I read this and I didn't even connect it. They didn't ditch him; they left him there. But I do like how we get um, what's the little boy's name again? Drago. Drago. Drago's there smoking another cigarette. Dude, it's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, you need know, cut down on your cigarettes, little kid. He's addicted. He needs to. Quit. <laughs> But yeah, we really see like Stenbeck evolve like as an artist. I, I think, you know, it's just my perception, but yeah, like there's so much I more detail. There's so much more depth there, like personality, you know, and, fa and faces, you know, like it was there before, but it's like more, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm very surprised that you're alive, though you look so much like a man. It makes me wonder if you are a demon. This is what Flip says. Baltimore says demons aren't the only creatures who live in hell. But if that worries you, trust me, I only smell like brimstone. We get a little joke from Baltimore, you know, yeah, like very, like different, very different person than we've had before. But he's also quite when he first sees him, he goes into a defensive posture as well, because you see he's got the spear holding up towards him. And he's like, huh. And oh, he sets right. It down. And then he kind yeah. of like pulls it to the side. That's a yeah. Look at the body language. That's a great detail. Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, Uncle Flip. Uh Eskra, Eskra, we find out his last name, introduces himself and the kids to Baltimore. He seems impressed when Baltimore introduces himself as a lord. And your friend, Lord Baltimore, does it have a name? Flip asks, gesturing towards the monster. I like how he says that. <laughs> this is your friend. <laughs> yeah, I know your friend over there and puts out his hand. I like how they like they help the old man up. You know what I mean? But clearly he's formidable. You know, they're helping him, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. Flip is like no joke, you know, I think. He just got some bad knees. Yeah, I guess so. He just can't stand up. Fight a monster off with a stick. I like how we find out, like, the monster, like, he got it in a box from a shop. Or, no, a messenger brought it to him and he opened it in the airplane and it, the out pops this egg and out of the egg, this thing popped and then it ate the pilot before it got him. <laughs> He's like, but I ain't going to be no fodder for some mindless beast. And this image where he's all like, Taking the beast down in the plane. Yeah, in the plane <laughs> as half the impression. pilot is bitten. Half. I know it's awesome. I know. Oh, I didn't notice that the pilot. You can see half the pilot is eaten. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then nice all in the background, you see the crabs like stripping the the creature's meat to its bone. Yes, yeah. that is not. I I knew already that that was not good news, and I would already I was already thinking about monster crabs because of that earlier comment. So. Yeah. Yeah. These crabs are like, here. We go. They're making fast work of that monster too. 
you know? Yes, they really are. Holy shit. And they really focus in on it, too. I mean, Stenbeck gives it, like, a couple panels to really, like, sink yeah. in. But, yeah, Aubrey, you're right. This uh, this panel is incredible with the plane. Yeah. We also see Baltimore's plane. It is the Etrich Tauby. Did I say that? Etrich Tauby? I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. Taub, maybe Taub. I don't know. Also known by the name of various uh, later manufacturers who built versions of the type, such as the Rompler Taub, was a pre-World War I monoplane aircraft. It was the first military airplane to be mass-produced in Germany. Monoplane? Why is it called a monoplane? I don't know, Dino. Oh, because oh, it only has one, one set of the wings. Are, yeah, yeah. 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 So then we go into this next page, which I actually love this page. It's a beautiful page. It kind of looks like one of the planes in Indiana Jones. It absolutely and, you know, does. But like a like an older model. Right. Like Indiana Jones is doing World War II. Yeah, you're right, Wes. This is a great page. It's really nice. I mean, the co- like colors, all lighting and everything, and just, I don't know, it's got a lot of movement. Baltimore suspects Hagus sent him the box. He describes Hagus to the people and mentions that he's heading to Belgrade. So he's on to his same, you know, same MO that we're used to Baltimore having. Just cares about. Yeah, like him. in the middle of all this, he's like, I know I just crashed on this island, but hey, have you seen this vampire with his car? <laughs> he's like, he's relentless with this thing. But where's his picture? What happened to his little drawing? Man, his little drawing, he lost in his. I don't even know his his flight crash and all that stuff. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah I know it's bonkers. Um, he believes Hagus is headed to Belgrade, um, and it's uh, Belgrade is the capital of the largest city of Serbia. Yes, okay. I love all the historical fiction. Yeah, he tell he tells them that he murdered his family. Um, they're just eating, talking over fire while they do this. They got their coffee. They're making their coffee while they. Yeah, and that's a really great panel too with Haggis, like that. And it, the color palette changes, yeah. and you got that red eye there. Yeah, it's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it really jumps out. I mean, I imagine like if you just read this two story comic and you were like, "What is going on?" Like, you know, how could you not right. want to bite off more? You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, the locals are worried when he mentions going to uh, Belgrade. Because he'll have to travel through the village. Cecilia says he cannot go through the village, otherwise he'll be taken. Baltimore thinks they're talking about vampires, but Uncle Flip says, wait for morning, stay in the sunlight, don't enter any of the buildings. These are worse than vampires, Lord Baltimore. They are the hideous results of Lord Lescavar's remedy. <laughs> yes. we, get a, we, get a, we get a sweet close-up of Flip, like, you know? Yeah. Yes. Over the fire with his, like, scar and everything. Yeah, really we get good. a scar, his badass hat, his mustache, his mutton chops, you know? He's like, and then he's like, remedy for what? Yeah, remedy for what? Yeah, Baltimore asks. Uh, I, I like this page, too. I mean, this is another beautiful page we get. Um, we see this sit like this town from a distance and all the creatures on top just watch they're like staring at the village right the 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 boat village or whatever it is and then we find out that you know they lived in that village and they abandoned it and they made their boat city right <laughs> yeah right. We, yeah yeah we get some background yeah stuff. flip explained you know um I, I i read this page and then i went back and looked at it and the first time i read through it i didn't notice all the ones in the rooftop on that second panel oh really oh and then, and then when i went back i was like holy shit that is so cool i love but it but like i just kind of i just kind of read through it cuz they're just kind of like in the shadows like anyway i really love that i love the cobbled together it reminds me of hellboy in hell you know those those like all stacked together towns you know what i mean and stuff like that 
um, really nice stuff. Right. And we know why they're like not going to the, like this little tiny boat village, but like at the same time when you're reading this, you're like, they're just sitting there watching, you know, like they, you know, why don't, why don't they just go and take all these people? Right. Yeah. We get Baltimore there eating his crab. I love crab. I don't know if you guys have, I love eating crabs. Oh man. So I really do love crab, but I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh man. So I can't eat it or I break out into hives and I have asthma problems. So like, Anyway, I didn't learn that until my late twenties. So I ate. I've I've eaten a lot of crabs. I like crab cake. I like lobster, but I can't eat any of it. Anyway, do you but like I, uh, do you like shellfish, Aubrey? Not a big shellfish fan. Oh, I mean, Aubrey's not a know. big shellfish fan. I mean, I've had crab before and it's all right, but I don't. I mean, and shrimp's okay. It's just they're not my faves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we get. Although um, I do love bacon wrapped shrimp. Okay. <laughs> bacon wrapped. Well, anything. Baltimore. Baltimore seems to be enjoying these crabbies like double fisting them over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just eating with the shell too. He doesn't even care. <laughs> yeah. Up. So Baltimore asks remedy for what we get, we get the exposition from Flip ex- explaining how the doctor started trying to find a cure for vampirism after his son became one. He experiments on the townsfolk or on, on vampires, turning them into more monstrous than what they were as vampires um and then when he ran out of vampires to experiment on uh his monsters were sent to gather more volunteers whatever that means that that doesn't seem very smart it's like if it's yeah. not working like, don't, like yeah don't keep trying just keep making more horrible monsters I like do, let's just keep doing this at I some do point feel like wouldn't you realize this this is how science was at that time though too you know like people were discovering yeah. what like scary like you were discovering so much scary stuff happening in the early 1900s you know sure yeah you're Man, absolutely if really, right if there really were vampires like you know they would have been like fucking tesla would have been working on it or something right totally. <laughs> electrocuting them yeah absolutely yeah yeah let's see that movie yeah oh. i know <laughs> <laughs> Tesla vampire killer yeah yeah yeah, Frankenstein, monster, vampire, Tesla, monster. So Let's do it, yes. The doctor experiments on just their young young men and women, the ones that they suspect will like last, that will, will you know, live. Survive that the experiments, survive. Yeah. yeah. And then they suspect when he runs out of those people, he'll send the monsters for the children. This is what Cecilia says. Right. They're just hanging out in this town. You'd think they would make a run for it, but they're not. They're just there. You know. They have all those boats too. take off on those boats, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I imagine at this point they know like there's no safer place. Like just hunker down where you, where you have life figured out and try and, you know, continue on, I guess. Yeah. I right. So we go to the next page. It's the morning time. Baltimore talks to uh, Cecilia. As he's heading out towards the village, she's surprised he's leaving. Baltimore says he must, and he will check out the village on his way. Cecilia says, God bless you, Lord Baltimore. And Baltimore says, thank you. But I've had my fill of his blessings. He really starts to separate himself from Lord. Like, he goes back and forth in this story. He really is yeah, like, yeah, you know, is he, you know, a tool of the Lord? Is he not? Is he, like, trying to do Lord's work? Is he not? It's very, like, up and down. Right, and yeah. It's not really yeah. crystal clear. I mean, like the whole story is not really crystal clear, like all of Baltimore of what or even the outer verse of what's evil, what's good, you know, 
I think this story does a pretty good job of showing that. Or even the past stories with the witch that we had that was saving the town and Duvik tortured to death. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. He was doing yeah. more good than Duvik ever did. Okay, when I first read read this, I thought he was stepping on like dead crabs, but these are like the molted shells of the crabs that ate the monster, aren't they? I think so. Or there's like, yeah, it looks like the molted shell. You're right. Or they could be. Or I, I was th- I was thinking like maybe that the vamp the vampire creatures were eating the crab like they got to eat something too right so i was thinking maybe oh right something yeah. Eating these the crabs leftovers. Just, yeah leaving them over or the or it could be the seagulls i don't know okay yeah that too yeah yeah because it uh, over the panels and those little stenbeck details you see there's like dead crabs everywhere yeah they're everywhere yeah. but i love these little i love these next few pages and all the little panels with like there's clearly creatures watching yeah. him like we see a creature watching him from like some graded basement and then Baltimore is walking past a window where we're looking at Baltimore, but clearly that's some some creature right, or something yes. like that in the window. That's looking their at point Baltimore, of view. Right? That's nice. Yeah, it's like we're the POV of the of the monster in that uh, in that panel. Yeah, and that same like underneath that window shot, there's like beady eyes looking out those windows. See, and, I just noticed the beady eyes. Yeah, I didn't notice oh, yeah. that the first time. That's really neat. Yeah, Subtle tr- detail. Try and find more of them. That, yeah, it's fun. It's really cool. He's being watched. He knows he's being watched, right? He's got a sword out and he's looking around. And then we see him walk into this courtyard, ready for action, ready to do some stuff. I like this banter back and forth. Right, yes. They're all like, brave man. Yeah. Not brave, stupid man. Stupid man. Stupid yeah. man. They're all saying that. Yeah. A volunteer. We need volunteers. It, do you guys remember? Did you ever see the movie Labyrinth? I imagine you guys saw the movie Labyrinth. Um, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when? Um, what's her name? She goes into the. She goes. She like falls into the pit with all the hands, and they talk to each oh, other. Oh, the helping hands. Yeah, the helping yeah. hands. Oh, it yeah. reminds me of that. I don't know why. Where they're just like well, talking to like she wants to go down, down, down. She, she chose down. <laughs> Is that the wrong choice? Too late now. Yeah. So good. My girlfriend and I say that to each other all the time. <laughs> she chose down. She chose down. Was that wrong? Too late now. When I when I <laughs> ended up with Ali, she never saw the movie. So we had like so I had a son, right? He's a year now. Um and he has a onesie that's red and white stripes. So for oh, Halloween, like, uh, I was like, baby Toby. exactly like Toby from the Labyrinth. And I was like, we got to we got to dress up as Labyrinth and he's got to be Toby from Labyrinth. Oh, that's so, awesome. so we did that for Halloween. This oh, Halloween. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. If you're comfortable, share me. Send me one of those pictures. I'll put in our story. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you one of the pictures. It was silly. I did not. I did. Uh, we and me and Allie had just relocated to North Carolina. Allie's my wife. So yeah, I just sort of mod podged. I wore like her tights and I threw together a costume nice. for David Bowie. Nice. And we yes, sat we sat cool. in our front yard and handed out candy to little kids, <laughs> drank beer. Oh, that's fire. awesome. Yeah, but this is the courtyard. So I like he walks up on this mansion. Man, I'm gonna forget how to say this guy's name every single time. Lescavar. Uh, Lescavar's Lescavar's like house or mansion, right? This is where he's doing all of his experiments. Um, have you come to help us help the doctor with the remedy? I've come with a remedy. Yes, but not the one we're all hoping for. In that yeah. case, <laughs> yes. like, I like his one liners. He has some good ones. Yes. The sun is shining creature. You cannot stop me from the shadows. Baltimore says as he walks into the house. So then action happens. We get some, we get some action. We find out the vampires have no problem or whatever these creatures are, have no problem coming out into the sun. Yes. You know, yeah. and they come out and attack. Baltimore. I love, uh, 
I love how he chops this one's arms off on the bottom panel. He's yeah, like, yeah. so good. Yeah, He's and then, like, like, day, night, I'll kick your ass no matter what. That vampire was tortured. Like, his face is split open. He's got his skin tacked oh, above yeah. his head. You know what I mean? And mo- like, you see it in a few, Ooh, in a few places. yeah. Like, You're right. Like, and how many fingers does he have? One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight on one hand. Eight fingers on one hand. I didn't notice all those details. That's yeah, incredible. There was, yeah. Like clearly some experiments or other stuff being done on him, not just like injected with whatever or given some potion. Like he was right. skin pulled away, like they're testing healing, you know, whatever. I love in the next panel where he's like, ah, like with his, like it's spurting out the purple blood. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, his but, hands are chopped off. but then we see, I know I love it too. And then we see like these monsters are, they almost look like they have the plague. Yeah, they do. Oh, right. They're like covered in, like some of them are yet. covered all yeah. the left. They're mutated in a bunch of various different ways. We get a giant vampire creature monster blasting out the door coming after Baltimore. I love the back and forth between him and this like female monster. Uh, Baltimore pulls out his cross and she sort of goes, that's not going to work. The cross does not frighten us. Your faith has no power here. And he goes, I don't need faith and stabs her in the eye. And then her head (laughs) sets on fire. I know the power of the cross. <laughs> the power of the cross is you just you can stab people with it. That's why he has his. Yes, he's got a cross it's a cross knife. knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah what I, I know the power of the cross knife is what he should have said. <laughs> yeah, you can just stab it in people's eyes. But like we have that's this. That's a great action. That's great action right there. I fucking love it. That is so cool. Yeah, and the one-liners. It reminds me of what? Oh my gosh, what's the movie with the? Necronomicon. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. It reminds me of Evil Dead. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. You know, like all those one-liners. It totally reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the we get the giant vampire creature monster coming out, and he like no problem, you know, hatchets in the chest and pushes it right into (laughs) Lavarsky's. Takes it out, no problem. Les Govars. Man, Lavarsky. I need to look up Lavarsky and see why why I'm keep saying the name. Les Govars experience. (laughs) The big monster crashes into the big house. Baltimore plows through this house, like, you know, makes nothing like no work of what's going on in here. Um, yes. Yeah. This reminded me of, um, do you remember on Hellboy, the third wish where he gets thrown down into the pit with the, uh, bog Rouches, all her like oh, yeah. octopus and all those things are going to get him. And he just like slices all of them up. And there are these panels where it's just like tentacles flying and all this kind of stuff. That's exactly what this reminded me of. He just yeah. chops through them. Yeah, I could totally see yeah. that. As Baltimore plows through the creatures in the house, we finally meet Dr. Lescovar. He doesn't seem like he seems scared and upset. And he's, he mentions that he ran out of time, right? No, you can't take me yet. It's not ready. Baltimore gives us another good one-liner. I've come to see the doctor. <laughs> they promised me, uh, Lescovar says, they promised me one last chance. They promised. The doctor says... As Baltimore makes quick work of his creatures, just slices them up. Good stuff. I love yeah. that. Then we get a nice as he drops the potion and a head tumbles down the stairs. <laughs> Dr. Lescovar is surprised to see Baltimore when Baltimore walks into his laboratory. Baltimore explains that he's come to end his experiments and end his madness. Lescovar explains he wants to stop, but they won't let him. Yeah, who is he talking about there? I don't. I guess we're. I guess we're going to find out more. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out more. But I, I think the vampires wanted. You know, I think the people, the townspeople that he transformed, still wanted him to do more. Like they were like cure us. Like he was started this, you know, cure, and then he kept creating more monsters. And they were like, you need to, you need to figure out this cure. That's what I. That was my right. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then we get this crazy page, which. Where there are clearly 
monsters being tortured. Like he has one, tor- yeah. one like up on, you know, that wood with his guts out and skin yeah. pulled back and one in a cage with crosses all over it. This page is pretty crazy. Lescovar explains he, he <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty graphic. It's pretty gruesome. Um, yeah. Lescovar explains he doesn't have a cure, but has a solution. And when he heard the commotion, he drank the solution. Yeah. Good job there. <laughs> yeah. He thought that, you know, he needed, I don't know. He didn't know what was going on. They were coming to kill him. So he drank the solution yeah. and we see. That was a great way to end that first issue. Yeah. That was a great way yeah. to end that. Yeah. I drank it. And then his eyes turn black and his like eyes almost like sink into his head. Yeah, some Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff going on. Oh, yeah. It's like almost like his face is starting to melt into itself. You know, like he's starting to transform from that solution he took. Right. That'd be like a good like if this was like a TV series, that'd be like the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the second issue cover. Great work by Stenbeck here. You know, we've got like a tease of the monster. We've got Cecilia and Drago. Yeah, and she's like holding a harpoon and she's like ready to just fucking go. I mean, in, is that Baltimore's harpoon? No, they're right. Yeah, but no, it does, wait, no, but she's it does, a fisher person. But it does remind me of that. Yeah. 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 So then, yeah. So the next issue, we cut to the beach. We find Cecilia expressing her concern for Lord Baltimore to her uncle Flip. Flip tells her not to put too much hope in one man. We see the crabs have devoured the monster from the plane like completely devoured yeah, it yeah man it almost looks like a whale like a whale skull or something like right that. yeah horse whale <laughs> what are the monster the, bug monster the, bug slug thing yeah what were those what was the thing that lived in the desert and they could hear as you walked over the desert and they would eat you tremors tremors, tremors. yeah they look like tremors. oh the, yeah the graboids mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know why that's what they call them really okay <laughs> I just watched that movie again recently. That movie's so good. <laughs> really? I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, really? dude. It's like perfect, like late 80s, early 90s B movie. Kevin Bacon yeah. fighting fucking monsters. Okay. Kevin Bacon stays clothed the entire time, which is, t- it yeah. totally would have been better if he didn't. It would have been a better movie if he didn't. <laughs> he did. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's like a solid B movie, you know? Yeah, it's, it's fucking good. great. I've never seen the sequels, but, you know whatever the sequel nice. they just get better and better no they don't <laughs> they do because they don't <laughs> i know exactly what you mean yeah flip talks about the people that seek out lescavar how they don't come back and the few that do don't come back the same he makes spears for the ones that might come back his concern is with their survival him and the children and tells the children to go catch crabs for dinner and it's like i don't i don't know why cecilia kind of like smirks there at the bottom panel i don't know why she's smirking because he's heading it to drago i think i don't know like see yeah, he's, he's like, like he's like pouting or i don't know yeah like they had a thing drago doesn't want to do any work they had a thing earlier he doesn't want to yeah, go they had a thing earlier about like oh now you got to do this and he was like oh man so all like I, yeah yeah why i gotta do it it's like Dude, Cecilia did all the fishing, man. Got the fish. Yeah, do it. You know? like, no. What did you do? You just sat there and smoked He's a cigarette. Like, no, no, no. I just want to sit around smoking cigarettes all day, man. I got time. He's going through a Nick fit. That's why he's all fucking yeah. <laughs> moody right there. Drago and Cecilia head to the beach, but end up skipping out. They want to go see what's going on with Baltimore. Yeah. So they don't harvest the crowd. They head to the town. Drago says he knows a safe way to do it. What do we see? We see like one... Um, crab bigger than the others is kind of starting to look like the crab is starting to mutate right yeah he is a little bit bigger yeah i didn't even notice that he's got those funky eyes the crabs like we get a mood shot with the eye yeah i know watching them leave 
Oh, you're leaving? <laughs> so when we go back to Liskovar's laboratory and see him transforming into one of his creatures. This is a crazy creature. This reminds me of um, the Were Jaguar. Yeah, it reminds me of the Were Jaguar. Oh, uh, Daimyo? When Daimyo turned yeah, into Were Jaguar. It's kind of yeah. interesting. I was also thinking of the Wolves of St. August, the only beast, because he kind of like split, doesn't he? He's like yeah. split his face open. Yeah, and it, yeah, he like cuts it with his finger. And it kind of right? looks like his face is splitting open a little bit in this first panel. I don't know; it's kind of hard to tell, but yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, he like puts his fingernails there. Yeah, it's pretty graphic, but like, yeah, really cool design. I like this. I like his black eyes in the in the first panel. I think that's so yeah. cool, and like the fear on Baltimore's face. Like, what? Oh yeah, that's one of the only times that we ever see him look like that. Baltimore calls him a lunatic, and Lescavar explains that all his experiments were supposed to cure but instead turned everyone into monsters i must destroy them and this is the only way baltimore disagrees that it's not the only way <laughs> but lescavar smacks his gun swack out of his hand i like that hand i feel yeah. like um danielle would, danielle would like she would hand. appreciate the hand. yeah that's a good one she'd appreciate those hands it's a lot of good hands there in this page <laughs> there really are <laughs> Um, Lescovar is out of my way, runs out of the house. And this is, this is sort of like weird and interesting, but he's like, come out, my friends, come out. The experiment is over. I have found your cure. And, um, Baltimore just sits there, you know, watching and in, in like more fear. Like he, he looks even more freaked right, out. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's, he says to Les, Lescovar, like, what's going to happen at the end? Like you eat all these people, eat all these creatures, like how how will you satiate your hunger later right right yeah he can he can predict already what's going to happen yeah yeah he knows this is going to spiral we cut back and see cecilia and drago slipping into some church so that they can see what's going on in the center of town drago says they are safe because they're in a holy place mm, right and that usually yeah. works i was like he's watching too much Highlander. yeah it usually works <laughs> <laughs> i mean we already know this doesn't work because we saw a holy place where a bunch of people were not. Yeah, the fucking yeah. nuns and the. Oh, you're right. The yeah, the yeah. curse bells. Holy shit. Yeah. The curse bells. Yeah. Uncle Flip says vampires burn in the sun because it purifies, but some of ours don't burn. You said so yourself. How can we be sure they're evil? She's talking about the, the creatures. Yeah. You want to be sure they're evil? See for yourself. Do these look like angels to you? And they, they look upon the scene <laughs> where. Yeah, Lescovar is tearing these creatures apart yeah so he's like come out my friends i found a cure the cure is i'm gonna eat all of you basically yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna kill all of you yep yeah yeah he's eating all i of love you. all this it does harken back to the james heron the were jaguar just like ripping through people yeah. yeah but it also reminds me of the battle between the were jaguar and daryl the wendigo yep yep Carl, yep the wendigo. more james heron stuff yeah yeah cecilia gets freaked out we shouldn't be here we need to get back right now. Um, what about Lord Baltimore? There's nothing we can do for. Oh, she turns and sees something <laughs> on this next page. They run into like yeah, a I know this monster like, like a holy vampire. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a priest. But he also has a crown of thorns. I was calling him the preacher creature or the creature creature. <laughs> That's a great the name for creature, it. Creature. Thank you yeah. for that. That's amazing. <laughs> so do you think he like... he's like, hello, little girl with some awesome, nice hands, by the way, he's got nice hands too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What is this weird cross? It's not like not a cross, but it's like, Oh, I've seen that I one think before. It, 
yeah, there it is a um, it's definitely a, a cross of Christianity. It's, is it's it like a just, like a orthodoxy thing or something? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm it might be orthodox. It might be orthodox. Yeah. All the you know denomination. Yeah, all the yeah. you know. So it's one of them. I like how he's wearing that that crown of thorns, and like it makes me think that he walked over to the Jesus with the crown of thorns and popped it off his head and put it on his right own. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Well, he sacri- He talks about later how he sacrificed him for the better good, and it you know didn't turn yeah. out to be good. And the devil laughs. You know, the devil laughed at his mistake or her mistake. I don't really know if this is a. I mean, he's got a part. And sure. Probably a guy. He's got <laughs> side sideburns, so maybe it's a guy, but I don't know. <laughs> Baltimore like talks about how enough. This is not my fight. Like I don't need to be here. Other men might have cursed you, Lord, for allowing such torments as I have suffered, but not I. I no longer pray for your intercession, nor do I curse you for the blind eye you turn in my pain. All I ask is that you leave me to my vengeance, that you stop putting obstacles in my path. He wants the Lord to stop putting all this crap in front of him so he could just kill Haggis. And then we hear a scream from the church. We hear a scream from the chapel and Baltimore hears it. And then we get a sweet action shot of Drago just getting thrown through the, <laughs> the, the cloud. Like he just gets tossed through there. Yeah. But dude, these town people are tough, man. He just yeah. gets up. Covering yeah. glass. I like how Baltimore just said a prayer to the Lord to stop putting crap in my way. I want to go kill this vampire. Damn right. it. Yeah. Bastard. Uh. Baltimore always has bags under his eyes. Yeah. He's always got those black bags under his eyes. He's so tired. So we get this preacher who goes, a lesson for you, girl. Even the holiest places can be lost if no one will fight for them. I give myself willingly to Dr. Lescovar's hands, thinking it was the Christian thing to do. Oh, how the devil must have laughed. Right. Yeah. So we get a little insight of to what the townspeople were thinking here. Not everybody were, you know, people were actually volunteers. But we hear Baltimore again. It's not my fight on this next page. It's not my fight. It's not, you know, he wants to be done. He wants to go focus on what he wants to do. But and he was struggling. the one, but he's he was the one that told that girl. He was like, hey, I'll go check it out. He's like, I'll, he's stop, like, by. I'll go check yeah, out. stop by. And then he, now he's there and he's like, what the fuck? Why did I do this? But didn't yeah, he say I think he, he was just... Like, he just had to go through the town and he just kind of found the found the guys. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he had to go through the town, but I, I think he did tell the girl he was going to check it out and see what he could do. Well, okay, and then like know. and then he said, I'm here for the doctor. And then he was like, I've come to stop your experiments. Oh, like, that's you know right. what he, I mean? Yeah, right. He did yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah, I think he was there to help out. But then it was like, well, this is fucking too crazy. This is just this is I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, this is not helpful. But, I mean, it's probably like this all over the world, right? So this is like yeah, like yeah. a fraction of what he's able to help with. I like this um, vampire who looks like it's being, you know, it's like not happy. He looks like a dog that's been told to get off the couch or something Yes, like that, well, you know? he's trying to go in the hole. Yeah. And he yeah. grabs him and doesn't let him and pulls him into the sunlight. I love that. Really, I, I love that expression, too. I really responded to that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the vampire creature. Well, and I like how he's holding the one into the sun, and it looks like another one is trying to bite him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I it is. Biting him. And clawing yeah. him at the same time. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. We get the preacher, like, clearly the preacher's still some sort of um, head of the town or some, you know, has some sort of say of what things. He's the head of the monsters. Yeah. Or something like that, you know, but definitely has an yeah. influence. The girl's mine, but the boy shall make a lovely meal for whichever of you brings me Lescovar's heart. And then Baltimore is just like, ah, damn uh, it. I do this. Yeah. That's a great way to detect that. Struggle. 
It's a great way yeah. to depict that without any words. I really, God, that is so good. Even with the color in the background. God, that's nice. Yeah, you can see him internalizing. So then we cut back to the beach and we find Flip. Man, Flip, what a, what a great name. <laughs> okay, so we see Flip and all that, but then we see like the crabs and you can tell that the crabs are mutating yeah, and they're fighting. Because like there's just one like right by his feet and like one of it's missing its claw. Right. And so, you know. Yeah. They're fighting. Yeah, each one other. of them is eating another crab. There's a crab eating another crab. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, it's probably making them more monstery because they're getting more of that monster goo in them. And they don't that even notice yet. Drink. They're just standing right over it. He doesn't yeah. notice it. Yeah. Yeah, they're not paying attention to crabs at all. I mean, I think that's probably true in life. We don't notice it until it actually becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You know? But yeah, Flip is looking for a Celia and Drago. Where are you? He says as he walks along the beach trying to find them. And then, like, um, we cut then we back go. over to uh, to Baltimore, and he's like, yeah. fucking just damn you, and he stabs that fucking, <laughs> no, harpoons that fucking vampire dude yeah. through the chest. <laughs> right through the chest, or the excruciating the face. I love that face as he gets stabbed through the chest. You you offer yourself to Dr. Lescovar and become an evil bat monster? That's a harpooning. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a harpooning. Harpoon right through the cross. Yeah. So we get like, Cecilia's worried about Drago. Drago. It's like, you don't belong here. I couldn't agree more. Well, we start to learn that the creatures want to destroy Dr. Lescovar as much as he wants to destroy them. Right. Yeah. One yeah. Thing. Like, they're, they're pissed off at him. We get a horrifying back and forth from Celia and Drago as Cecilia says, uh, You said the church was a safe place. It may be there are no safe places left. That's what Drago says. Right. No yeah. Left, yeah. But I love this where the monster is coming towards him and he's like, uh, I'm willing to burn if it means the doctor dies along with us and you will have your wish yeah. obscenity and he like punches through it. God, Ooh, that is so, so violent. Cool. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, all that. Is good. Oh, and this is a nice detail. The little, that bat priest guy, like you see his, you see his bones or whatever. Yeah. His leftovers. And the cross. Yeah. No, it's real cool. Baltimore gives Lescavar shit on the next page saying, you did all this. No, I didn't bring the vampires here. All I wanted to do was stop the infection from spreading. And then we get this vampire uh, creature that's coming up on the kids to to attack them. And then Lescavar just grabs them. He put on his nice shirt for that and everything. Yeah, no, he was wearing <laughs> his nice shirt and just crunches the top of his head. And just bites. God, his I love this. Yeah, that's so. Uh, it's it's gruesome, but it's so awesome. Like I keep saying yeah. this cinematically, and it would be so good. You know, it's a cool detail. This is a cool detail. I just noticed it right now. But the vampire's got its ears up. So like dogs, right? Like they have their ears up, they're like attention, right? Oh yeah. And then his ears go down into a submissive state when he gets grabbed by the bigger monster. Right. And he's like, ah, oh no. That's that instinctual. Yeah, that's really cool. That is a nice detail. I know, that's kind of fun. They make pretty quick work of what goes on. They're in the center of town, or at least Lescavar does. They hear a scream at the beach. Cecilia goes, Uncle Flip, Cecilia explains. It seems some of your monsters are still alive. Yeah, and that yeah. last panel of Lescavar, like, let's do this. Yeah. Well, he's also like, yeah, talk- he's ready. He's ready for more. He's also like talking to him. He's just like, you know, 
that's it. You've killed all your monsters. He's like, yes, but what about my sins? And he's like, in my experience, doc, some of us are damned no matter how hard we pray. Death is our only redemption. And then like the kids are like, doctor, you've already taken my parents. You know, so he's trying to convince him like you're now the monster and you need to be destroyed. Right. You know? yeah. But then all of a sudden yeah. they hear the scream and they like, uh oh, we got to go deal with the other monsters. Yeah. 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 But Let's also, like, Dra- Drago, like, seems happy with this monster. He, like, looks back at it, like, waves at it with a little... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like, know. thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for killing all the monsters, friend. Well, I mean, they were going to eat... That's weird. They were going to eat... Those monsters were going right. to eat them. Right, the one that he chomped the head I guess off maybe... was... Yeah, he saved yeah. their life. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why he's happy with him. I was trying to figure out that panel. I was like, why is he happy that there's monsters staring in his direction? Like, He was like, weird, that, was, that was cool when you chomped that monsters face off that was going to eat us yeah (laughs) Yeah. this next page is pretty beautiful too i love baltimore's face but baltimore and the children run to the beach and find the villagers fighting off giant crabs (laughs) this reveal is really great god as if it wasn't enough with this other giant monster i know and baltimore's face just like explains it all like are you fucking serious are you fucking serious with all this shit more uh so funny yeah so he talks he uh he says am i your toy speaking to the lord am i your toy that you put such horrors in my path at every turn or do you simply have so much disdain for the world that you no longer care what new evils arise and we see these crabs just cutting people in half i know god wreaking havoc on the townspeople man oh oh, don't get uncle flip yeah i know don't get uncle flip he's got a bad back he's got bad knees he can't stand up (laughs) throw a rock at him let him go (laughs) blam all I was going to say is that these people yeah. had, uh, they've suffered too much wars. You know, first it was vampires in their town, then the monsters, and now yeah. crab monsters. I mean, these people are like fucking bad luck. <laughs> yeah, bad luck. But these people are also like badasses. I think this is the way, this is the way of the world. You know, we learn it later. It's the way the world is. Yeah. But these people are like, these, these are the survivors, you know, they're the survivors, you know, even flip with a scar on his face and he's there stabbing. And even the old lady underneath the boat, she's got um, yeah, like yeah. away, and she's got the fire up, and she's got her foot out, and she's kicking away the you know crab claw. Like these townspeople are survivors, you know. Yeah, Cecilia's even throwing a rock at the crab; it just bounces off of it. But you know what I mean? Like she's doing something. She's trying to do something. I like this next the on this next page we get the giant crab monster. It's kind of like a crossbreed between a crab and a lobster. It's got like a lobster head. Oh yeah, man, it is fucking insane crazy looking yeah man if i saw that crab fucking shit myself (laughs) good god what has become of my world baltimore has (laughs) but it's like it's the it clem robbins did the tiny dialogue so he's like saying it to himself he's like what has become of my world you know what i mean like that's great yeah totally yeah yeah and there's a bunch of little crab monsters underneath him crawling out too and then boom out of left field we get dr lescobar comes to the rescue and attacks the giant crab monster, crab lobster monster. Yes. Um, where do they come from? He asks. I, I don't know why he's like fighting and and is actually like communicating with people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's strategizing. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to yeah, say that. He, I want to say that he sounds like a nerdy scientist still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's asking. Yeah, he needs to build data on where they're coming from. He needs more information. I like how they get um, the 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 little girl tells him. They were eating the monsters from the plane, Lord Baltimore. I think they made them sick, and then we made them like this. Yeah, as she kicks a crab in the head. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's fighting them too. She's like, oh, "Fuck you, crab!" <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, um, 
That's the new world, Lescavar, Baltimore says. Monsters beget monsters. A hideous chain of events. As he, as he tears crap. apart. This Shell is my off. favorite. This is my favorite part of all of this. I know. Where he just like this would be a cool page open. to have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if they yeah. if they've been eating crabs all their life, he basically knows how to fucking just rip the fucking right. shit right yeah, off. Yeah, of exactly. That is how you eat them, right? Yeah. I'm gonna get to that gooey goo inside. <laughs> yeah. Get the brain, throw all the brains out. Watch out for the guts. He crunches, shunks. Perhaps you're right, but there must come an end to the chain, he says. Uh, what are they doing? And Les Guevara sort of takes the crabs out in the middle of the ocean. He's fighting the big one out there. Joining forces against a larger threat, Flip says. Uh, just as we all must do in these dark times. It appears that Dr. Les Guevara agrees. So all the crabs sort of chase Les Guevara into the ocean. And Les Guevara fights him in the ocean. And they all go down and, like together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. And we get like the aftermath of. So he took. So he out. took Baltimore's advice when Baltimore was like, "Yeah, basically, you got to kill yourself." You know what I mean? The only the only solution is going to be death at this point. So Les Guevara was like, "Well, fuck it. I'm going to go out killing these fucking crabs." Yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. baller. It's pretty cool. Yeah, saving the town. Yeah, it's like then. That's why I said to like starts blurring the line from like good and evil like the world is changing yeah yeah and like how they uh focus on him and they call they're they're just uh you know joining forces against a larger threat like why they're giant fucking monster crabs but they're still crabs (laughs) right right so we see townspeople there there are pieces of crabs all over and we get the aftermath of of the fight scene that just happened at least on the beach don't eat those crab people i was just thinking like what if they ate are they going to eat these crabs and then are they going to transform? What's going to happen to them? Oh, I hope, hopefully, hopefully they've learned by now. Maybe if they boil it, if they boil it, no, it's don't do it. Okay. It's like the sandwich from the Simpsons or yeah, whatever. Don't do it. <laughs> but, um, but, but this body they're crying over, that's the old fisherman from the beginning of the story. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one yeah. that was telling Cecilia that was talking to her. She did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, flip, flip invites Baltimore to stay. You can make life here. Lord Baltimore. You would be welcome. Thank you, my friend. The idea of stopping even for a time of resting, I wouldn't deny is attractive, but my quarry is still out there. And then we hear a little bit of what Luscovar had said earlier. There must come an end to the chain, an end to the chain. Yeah. And then, uh, but not yet in blue. I don't know. Like, why blue? Why is that in a blue box? I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. But I love that reveal of all the bodies like sinking down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he died, but he also took them all out too. So yeah, he took yeah. out all his monsters and some extras. They just need to move off that fucking beach. I, mean, I know, really, right? You know, there's gonna be more monsters coming. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where there's better. You know, like everywhere Baltimore goes, it's not necessarily it's not any better. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying these people in general, because like, I mean, there's gonna be scavengers down there to eat this crab meat. <laughs> That's just true. Yeah, fighting right. monsters forever. They're going to be fighting a giant, the water cucumbers in the bottom of the ocean. Just oh, the weird. sea cucumbers? Yeah. Yeah, the sea cucumbers. Fuck. It's going to be like seahorses and like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Oh, no. You're absolutely right. That is going to happen. Like those yep. giant snails or something like that. Or stingrays or some shit. Fuck. Who knows, man? Oh, yeah. Or what Flying if a whale. Stingrays. What if they get like in the plankton and a whale comes and eats a bunch of that shit? Oh. Right. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Or what if like all like all the mi- like um, microbiology, all the microorganisms? See, they need to leave that beach. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. Next, we're gonna read Baltimore the Inquisitor. 
Um, it's a one-shot published on June 19th, 2013, written by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden, art by Ben Stenbeck, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Clem Robbins. All your favorites are back. All your favorites are back. <laughs> Crushing it, as always. Zoo's got a lot of fucking uh, scars. Yeah, lots of, yeah, lots of... Um, Flagellation marks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the colors are beautiful, as usual. Fucking, I hate it's this cool. guy. It's cool. It's clearly <laughs> Lord Duvik in shadow. He's flailed himself, and then there's like a shadow of a cross that covers his face and goes into the background. Fucking hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll he's into, a real douche. We'll get into that. <laughs> so we open uh, Sarajevo, Austria-Hungary in October 11th, 1917. This is about five months after Leskovar's remedy, right? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Sarajevo is the capital of the largest city of Bosnia and Herzegovina. In 1914, it was the site of the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Right. By local That's where World yeah. War One like first kicked off. Basically, yeah. Right. Resulted in the creation of the Kingdom of Yugoslavia. And then we get this church in the background. I believe that it's the Sacred Heart Cathedral. Is a Catholic church of Sarajevo, commonly referred to as the Sarajevo Cathedral. It is the largest largest cathedral in bosnia and herzegovina yeah i'll send a i'll post a picture of a comparison because ben stenbeck does a pretty good job of recreating that cathedral which is you know real it's pretty cool i like uh i like this truck delivering euros and pasta or pasta (laughs) (laughs) that's not what it says what does it say pasta yeah the the truck says express mail and we get that cool mood shot with the infected guy in his Pet rat, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I know. That is a yeah, weird nice. mood shot. I like that, though. And the hotel is the Hotel Blacksmith. Which is pretty cool. Like, does that mean that hotel has a blacksmith in there? That's pretty neat. Yeah. I just noticed this, too. The license plate is 713. That's our area code. That might be Houston. random, but that's a Houston thing. 713. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's anyway. That was a call out to the book club. Yes, book club call out. <laughs> the mailman delivers a letter that was only to be delivered to Baltimore's hand. Oh, yeah, and we get the little shot with Baltimore writing in his journal. What do you think he's writing in his journal about? He's like, Dear Diary, these weapons are so heavy. Why did I decide to carry all these weapons and this stuff? I'm still looking for Hagus. Love you, your friend, Lord Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Great job. Thank you. Yes, thank you for that. Like, writing in it. And then just, oh, the, the... Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> so funny. But he's got a Bible. He's got a Bible there too. Like for someone who like curses the Lord so much, he's still got a Bible, I guess. Right. Or is that the one that the hotel provides? The Gideon's Bible. Oh yeah, it's probably the hotel. Yeah, you're right. It's probably the hotel. <laughs> did Bible. they do that? Did they do that back in nineteen seventeen? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. There's a Book of Mormon there too. And a shot of whiskey. And a knife. He's using a knife to mark one of his pages just to make sure he doesn't lose his spot. Right. <laughs> we cut to I don't know how to I don't know how to say this. We cut to uh Yeah, it's Sedjed. Sedjed, I think. I think. Austria hungry. September 29, 1917. This is two weeks earlier than from the scene that we just saw. Sejid is the third largest city city of Hungary. The University of Sejid is one of the most distinguished universities in Hungary. Um, nice. This page is pretty sweet. 
Yeah. 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 And I mean, so, I mean, the cityscape is pretty awesome, but the stripes, like, I mean, that reads prison, right? That's, that's definitely prison. I mean, we find out that it's a prison, but. Right. Yeah. I feel like you can tell even from the outside that we're going to a prison. So we see like, those are Hodge's broken glasses on the ground. So I feel like that's even like a little tell that, you know, it's going to be Hodge coming up. Yeah, I like this little detail where he, in the third panel where you see the guy sleeping, if you look on the ground, the glasses are right there. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I usually sleep in the bed, but sometimes like when I'm coughing a lot or if I'm really, like I was sick the other week, you know, I'll come sleep on the couch. And I do that. I put my glasses on the floor like that anyway i wonder if stenbeck wears glasses yeah yeah yeah. i like that little detail i thought that was interesting yeah that is interesting and then we get duvik spats or whatever those wraps are on his legs like you know who everybody is on the next page like lots of hints there so at the end of baltimore the curse bells we hodge was freed him and baltimore went separate ways we learned that lord duvik was looking for hodge right right yeah so now we see that lord duvik has found hodge so i guess something happened yeah like we there's a scene missing where he was like he was gonna look for him and now he's got him in this jail so he must have yeah no maybe he like because he mentioned it to um i guess somebody else in the town like a like a law enforcement he's like you know they put like an apb out oh right yeah yeah Yeah. something like that be on the lookout for this guy he's got a mustache and some glasses yeah He's a real nerd. Likes to talk about vampires. <laughs> Writing a book. He won't shut up about it. But Hodge is a badass, man. He's not scared of anything. Yeah. I, really I do like, like the character. I like his character in this scene. Yeah. Duvik approaches with his goon. He's got this big goon. I like. I actually really like this this goon character. <laughs> looks like a gorilla. He looks almost like a gorilla. Yeah. I don't know. Very simple face, facial features. Just lines for eyes, mouth. <laughs> Hodge is wondering why he's been detained. The judge has Hodge's notes. He throws them on the ground saying, I've been reading your scribblings with both great interest and great sorrow, sir. Your pursuits have been ill-advised. Hodge is still puzzled. Duvik asks the goon to leave them. Yeah, I don't know. This is, there's a lot of stuff that goes on this page, but Hodge goes, I demand that you release me. I've broken no laws, committed no crime. You are tainted by evil, Hodge. Many who encounter true evil can be saved, but you have willingly sought it out consorting with evil at every opportunity. Vampires are all over, Hodge says, Europe, and we can't fight them with superstition. The world needs to know how to destroy them. If you read my, and it gets interrupted, you should rejoice that I have found you, Monsieur. As a holy judge, I have been vested with the power of purification. The evil in you may yet be expunged. Your soul might still be saved. Sadly, it is too late for your flesh. His whole bolstering is like reminding me of like a... the guy from Infinity War. He's like, rejoice, for you will all be children of Thanos. Uh, right, yeah. Ebony Marvel, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shut up. Yeah. yeah, he's a bastard. Duvik continues, we begin with a simple gesture of love for the Lord. Kiss the cross, Hodge, and let no more blasphemy pass your lips. What a weird request, right? That is like, I don't yeah. know. It's just, bleh. When they show his little tools, uh, his toolkit here, there's this one like dagger with the thing on it. It kind of reminds me of we've seen something like that in Hellboy, like of the Lifeu dagger or something. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of yeah. like it's not exactly like it, but it reminded me of it. I don't know. Yeah, it reminded me of the same thing. It's it's also in the shadow. It's like yeah, that dagger that's like has the head of Hecate on top of it or whatever. Right or something. Yeah. Um, Hodge Hodge doesn't hesitate for a second, man. He's he's turned into a badass. 
you know where you can put your uh he gets interrupted please right. venture this is the least of your trials you will face today we get a nice close-up of hodge's face I, I think he's looking towards the exit all right we begin elsewhere you write a great deal about lord henry baltimore you will tell me all you know about go to hell and he makes a break for the door <laughs> i love this action you know little scene here it's like lots of movement beautifully well done frame but duvik takes hodge's notes and just clangs him right in the head yeah, yeah. he slams into the, the bars yeah yeah, that was pretty crazy. He made a break for it, uh, though, man. He was close. Yeah, he was almost, but, you know, <laughs> the asshole. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Hodge because of this, you know? It really makes me appreciate Hodge because Hodge is a bold badass. Like, he's really, like, and I think he was that way before, you know what I mean? Like, even though he lost his job, you know, for. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, lost, you're right. Newspaper, he still was like, no, this word needs to be put out there. You guys think I'm crazy, but you're wrong. Like, yeah. this needs to be done. Right. He's very committed to his whatever he's going to do. Duvik says Baltimore sold is tainted black. Hodge calls Duvik a lunatic, saying at least Baltimore is out there helping by killing the real monsters. Duvik says Baltimore is a monster and must be destroyed. He tells Hodge that when you court with monsters, you are courting with monstrosity. It's a lesson I learned at a very young age. I love yeah. this scene, but I also get infuriated by it because Hodge is like actually making sense. You know what I mean? He's yes. the only person. He's us going like, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Baltimore's actually doing something. But this whole counter yeah. argument, I don't know. I, I can't help but feel like it's so relevant to like a lot of stuff that is going on today. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, just yeah. like where there's just no reason. You know what I mean? Anyway, there, I could go on, but I won't. Yeah, I feel <laughs> the same way. I mean, it's just part of the other thing that infuriates me about this character is like, you know, it's not just this particular character it's all inquisitor type characters or right, people who are just yeah. so you know certain of their righteousness and their belief that they think that whatever they do is purposeful and holy and it's so right fucking infuriating because at least with other people you might be able to like stand a chance to actually have a rational conversation you know? right yes no but in this there's no logic it's just like anyway there's always going to be a comeback yeah and that's why I don't like them. I mean, prisoners piss me off. I just like, fucking hate them. <laughs> it's just like the whole character. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I think it's just like, you know, also the sign of a well-written character, you know? Yeah. No, because, I mean, true. if I'm just that's apathetic true. to the villain, who gives a shit? But, I mean, this guy is like, yes, you know? Yes, But I'm enjoying the story. Yeah. He's a, he's a narcissist. Everyone can relate to having a narcissist in their life. Yes, yeah. Yes. I think. Maybe not everybody can, but if you go through life long enough, eventually. No, anyway, sorry to go on that rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, no good. that was good. Yeah, I liked it. Someone had to. Someone had to do. Someone <laughs> had to do a rant. Danielle's not here, right. so there you go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. We get some insight into into um, Duvik's past. Yeah. Um, we get we cut to a flashback and we see Duvik as a kid getting beat up. We're yeah. talking about his mother. Um, at the orphanage yeah, i thought that that was weird what why yeah, do they the say that why do they say we don't talk about mothers because like, because you're an orphan like the rest of us you know right, what i mean right. yeah i guess maybe he was loved by his mother and they probably weren't i don't know you know or, or he's wondering who his mother is or i don't know I yeah thought that was, i thought that was interesting like a little bit of insight well, I mean, he, I also get the feeling that he's new there and they've been there a while because, you know, like uh, the priest who shows up and he just fucking clocks that kid in the face. <laughs> yep. Uh, With another well-drawn hand. You know, he talks to, you know, he talks to the, uh, to the Duvac. He's like, you know, those boys are already gone, but you're, 
you can still be saved. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Yep. Because it, it ties into his whole, you know, like when you hang out with monsters, you become monsters, and this is how he learned that lesson. Right, right. Yeah, that's supposed to be like, man, this this priest's job is to like make sure no kids are left behind. He's already given up on those like eleven year old boys. I know, right? And he's like, oh, they've got the darkness in them. That's it. <laughs> they're yeah, they're done. They're done. This next page is pretty pretty gruesome. Oh yeah, like the whole time he's like, you know, he's like praying in the church, and he's going there. He's like an altar boy now, and he's like going with the priest, and they're going up to the butcher and all that. Being around bullies, maybe they run rub off on you a little bit. But then going to a butcher shop where you see dead bodies chopped up and hung, and like, yeah, what does that turn you into? I know, really, yeah, (laughs) like desensitized him to all this. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's interesting. Like. Yeah, I guess it did turn him into who he is. So maybe this does turn him into who he is, I guess. Well, you also notice how, like, the father, he walks in and he's all, like, just fucking, like, cold fucking stoic. He's seen this before, but Duvik, as a kid, is, like, almost throwing up. Right. And then these other two priests look rather kind of scared, but this other guy's, like, walking up and he's like, fuck, I ain't afraid. He's, like, he's like right. pre-Duvik. Right, exactly. Yeah. We also see that Father Corin takes little Duvik with him to learn about exorcisms. So this is the page that we were explaining, right? Yeah. Um, Corin and Duvik enter a butcher shop where someone has killed all these people and displayed their dead bodies. Like they're, they're butchered meat for sale. I think it's the oh, butcher who's actually possessed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, happened is like, yeah. it's like he just went crazy, I guess, and just started killing people and doing it like the meat or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of storytelling yeah. in that. That is like, it's gross to think about, but it's also like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he would do that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a story in itself, for sure. Corin says, steal yourself, Andre. The darkness fills this place. Even to breathe it in is to risk being infected by it. So at least he calls it out like that's going to be, you know, this is not good for you to be here. One must be vigilant, but that is not enough. When you have encountered evil such as this, you must purify yourself. With God's blessing, you may scour the darkness from your soul. And if you are not vigilant, if you are weak, then you will end up like him. Yes, crazy army of darkness monster. I like that. That's pretty cool. Like when we cut over to the next scene, like he's whipping him with that fucking branch. He's like, whack, whack. And he's like, well done. My turn now. Purify me. You know, it's like some fucked up religious shit. Well, I mean, that's how they, that's how they take the evil out of what they just saw. I guess I don't know how that works, but yeah it just looks like they're beating the shit out of each other it's pretty pretty yeah. fucked up huh? it's like that's dumb too why why would you do that? i mean like yeah. the, and the branches are clearly like you know cutting him open because like it's covered in blood when he hands it to right to right yeah and they've already done it a few times and they just keep passing it back and forth all right you did your set now my set well i mean <laughs> it, it kind of goes to like you know because he tortures people to purify them and so they're tor- they're beating each other in pain, and so the pain is purification. Right. Right. Ugh. Fucking sadist. Well, really. Yeah. Yep. We see the jail scene back in the Sedged. Um, we see a cloaked woman approaching. What are you, girl? Duvik Schoon asks. He's eating his uh, little meat pie there. Yeah. <laughs> I like that detail. It's clearly like a and little like meat a pie, pie that they've been like... You know when you fray the edges around with like a fork or yeah. something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, you can yeah. clearly see that. I like that. Fuck, I want one of those now. I know. <laughs> yeah, what's it? What's it? And uh, he's probably eating a meat pie from that uh, from that butcher shop. Oh no! Oh, God. <laughs> That's in. Uh, what's the? What's that? 
what's the um play is it sweeney todd sweeney todd yeah sweeney oh, todd. okay there you go <laughs> i've never actually seen that <laughs> we see this lady like blow green dust in the goon's face so this whole scene with the the figure and the cloak coming up and blowing the the dust into the dude's face or whatever she yeah. does for some reason, I was reminded of fucking G.I. Joe, the movie where Pythona comes in and, try, you know, breaks in, like, tries to rescue, like, one of the bad guys in there. It's like, sneak, oh, okay. Sneaking into the headquarters. I don't remember that. Fuck, I haven't man. seen that. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Fuck, I've seen it too many times. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Duvik explained to Hodge that um, Father Corrin taught me well. You must sacrifice the flesh to save the soul. And he's getting his little torture devices ready for Hodge. I was like, really would not want anything bad to happen to Hodge. I was like, how is he going to get out of this? Oh, no. I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Duvik is ready to torture. He's getting his his torture devices ready. He tells Hodge that Corrin inspired him to become a priest and exorcist and prepared him for the darkness that would come. The plague. And yet he couldn't save him. Father Korn ended up getting the plague, so Duvik had to purify himself. Yeah, we so even he's... see that Father eventually turned into a vampire, and Duvik strangles him with a purifying whip. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty messed up. And so this reminded me of all the people that were like, um, "I'm," and I'm sorry to like, I don't know. I, I I hope this isn't out of bounds to bring up, but like people were like, "You only get COVID if you're this or if you're that, or COVID only affects oh, yeah. like people yeah. who are the devil or whatever." You know what I mean? And all this kind of like, you know, there was like a in the beginning, there was like this whole religious aspect to it. And it's like, then those people got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, I remember there was this one guy that he was like, tornadoes only go for gay people. Or do you remember that? And then, yeah, and then, and then, that. That, and then that dude's city got hit by a tornado. You know what I mean? It's like this idea that you say this only happens to this kind of people and then you get it. Because this is what happened with this priest who's like so purifying he's teaching him all this stuff he's whipping himself all this kind of stuff he's been doing this for years and then he still gets the plague too but it's like it has nothing to do with that right yeah but they this correlation anyway it has all to do with karma it's buddhist <laughs> you guys are all you guys are way off yeah <laughs> that was him yeah but this is pretty intense how he like strangles him with the whip i kind of like that I kind of like this yeah, no, flashback really scene. You know, they do something different with the colors and all this flashback stuff. It's really kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't like this character, but I kind of like how they're showing him, like, doing the exorcist and doing yeah. this. And now yeah. this guy's got the plague. It's kind of a neat page. Well, um, when he's, like, strangling him, he's actually got tears in his eyes, you know. Right. His friend. Yeah. And his mentor. He was like, oh, no, now I have to whip myself. Wah. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. But yeah, no, I mean, Father Corn was lost to the darkness. With vampires, even the soul cannot be saved. So, you know, he's like, yeah. That's how he justifies it, right? It's crazy to think that they think even the souls can't be saved. But then we see this cloaked figure walk past the goon, and the, whatever she blew in his face like, took him out. Yeah. Blood all over the ground. Pocket sand. Uh, Pocket sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's basically just saying, like, you know, I'm not without sympathy, Monsieur Hodge, but I bust you without mercy. And because he's been hanging out with Baltimore, he's going to have to, like, you know, purify him. And he's like, don't you begin to see this? Don't you see? He's like, and yeah, he's like, all I see is madness. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I haven't faintest idea where, where Baltimore is. Yeah. Duvik is not happy about this. He calls him a liar and throws his book into the wall. Yeah, smashes his book against the wall. 
I've told you I don't know. And Hodge starts picking up his book and piecing it back together. I love that little um, detail. He's like, let me get all my notes and shit back together. Thank God I got my shit back. Yeah, I know. You astound me with your presumption. You think that somehow you're any holier than the rest of us, that you can skirt so close to evil and be unscathed? I am a holy judge of the Inquisition. We are chosen by God. And we yeah. see the uh, the cloaked figure sneaking up with a knife. Um, we get another flashback. Um, this time we see Duvik watering the graves of priests with holy water. Is that a thing? Yeah, I thought that was a weird detail. I was like, I guess they do that. Well, I was assuming because he was like a vampire and he was pouring oh, holy water on the grave. Yes, that makes sense yeah, make now. Sure come back. Yeah, because yeah. it says like you know, and you will not rise, my friend. Ah, good job, Aubrey. Thank you for that yeah. detail. Then that that's that's way cooler now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then he gets recruited by the Holy Father to be part of the sadistic team of assholes, the yeah. Bastards Club. Um, I like the shot of all the guys. Just all the little details that Ben Stenbeck put in there. But on on the left, there's one guy who's all scarred up in his face. Yeah. And then on the right, there's this one dude who has like a real maniacal look in his eye. He's he like really does. He's like Yeah, he's got uh, his like prison neck tattoo. He's got his oh, prison he neck does. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks all like coked up and ready to kill people or something. Yeah, I don't yeah know, I'm man. ready for this. I'm yeah. twisting my sword. like crunching in my hands anyway that little detail i thought was like really interesting i could see that being like a character actor or something like that yeah this next scene is pretty cool too he's going around with his team and they're like torturing and killing and then we get the witch from um the the, first story with yeah right she's up there oh you're right yeah yeah, because he's basically so talking, that little thing. he's talking about like you know my time with Father Corns as apprentice has made me uniquely suited to serve these people. I don't fear these evil, and I'll go anywhere I can to do the Lord's bidding. And that's when we like see like the the woman hanging in the thing. Right, that was from uh, yeah. the plague ships. Right. Yep. The plague yeah. ships. Yep. He's like, and I will not flinch from the blood and screams and pleas of those marked by evil. So I mean, he's like, he's not even phased by people screaming and all that. Shit. Right. Well, he saw that butcher shit. As, a, yeah. as like a kid, you know what I mean? Like he got primed for this stuff. Right. But enough, he says, I am here to purify, not to persuade. And I cannot purify you with words alone. And it's funny because it's like falling into the evil villain trope where they like talk way too much. Like if right. he had just gotten to torturing Hodge, he probably would have tortured and purified Hodge. Right. But he didn't. He took too long. Yeah. And that's that weird knife. That's the one with that weird that we were pointing out earlier. It's also got a weird blade where it's like got a piece missing. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 The better to gut that. you with or something. I don't know. Oh, it could yeah, be. Torture like... you. <laughs> Hurts. Gives you some extra scrapes. Two instead of one. Um, and then we see this the woman sneaks up die you monster sneaks up on duvik and she's got a pretty cool blade too with all those she uh, yeah well she almost was able to sneak up to him but then like hodge looks over and he goes what are you and then all of a sudden she's like die monster and like if hodge hadn't looked at her do you think that maybe she would have been able to stab him oh yeah what are you looking at yeah Yeah. i was trying to figure out what he was saying to hodge but that's exactly what he's saying to hodge like what are you looking at right exactly man um so close like yeah you monster no woman for i am blessed Mm -hmm. junk and she said he stabbed her with her with her with his own blade with that weird one yeah God. Yeah, and his and her blade just falls to the ground and didn't even make any contact at all. No, she says, "Grandmother, I'm sorry." And then we see it's uh, Vanessa from the first 
story. Yeah. Yeah. From she's the like ships. She's like, she's like, I'm sorry. I left you. I'm sorry. I didn't return in time. And she finds her grandmother hanging from where Duvek had yeah. away with her. Gosh. Yep. You bastard. She was just a girl. Hodges. You could have just disarmed her, but you killed her without a thought. Tell me again how you've immersed yourself in evil and emerged unscathed. Tell me how pure you are. Tell me, Judge Duvik, who is the monster? I love that, yeah. But Hodges is a badass, man. Yeah. And then we see it. So, like, she's got blue eyes, man. Like, I can't, like, yeah, there's something the, there with that, right? I thought this was, like, a jump scare moment, too. It was like, <gasps> and yeah. then she would pop up and grab his yeah. hand real quick and, like, say something weird. Like, I was oh, like, swallow your soul. Yeah, I wasn't sure on the translation yeah. on this. It was, it, it was like, can you... Hide the beast in your heart. That's what I. That's what I. Hide the beast in your heart. Okay. I don't know if that's the right translation. I don't know. Like it's not her. It's not Vanessa anymore. This is not Vanessa, right? Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's almost like she's saying, like, if you're saying, like, can you hide the beast? It's like she's trying to ask you, like, can you really hide the beast in your heart? You know, I mean, right? Yeah. Because you know, you are because you are the monster that you that you say you're not. Right. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting parallel too with the one that we just read, Doctor Lescavar, because that guy Mm -hmm. was like literally a monster creating monsters, but before he turned into a monster, he was the monster already because he was doing all those experiments and shit. So, anyway, yeah. And then she grabs his arm. (laughs) He's like, "Don't touch me, witch! I'll you'll what? Kill her again?" Hodge with the comebacks, man. Yeah, I love Hodge in that moment. Good one. I know, but I do like. I don't know. Her eyes are blue. What she's saying is blue. It's not her. It's not Vanessa. This is something else. Something is magical spirit, right? is happening. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by all this. So he gets the bloody handprint on his on his arm, unclean. How did this happen? Because she touches him on the outside. So did it bleed through or is that a magical thing too? I think it's a magical magic. mark. It's like it left a mark yeah. on him. Yeah. Yeah, it left a mark on him. It's magic. And and like and I was so happy for this scene too cuz it reminded me of when his fucking mentor got that shit on his face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now you have something fucker like now you're not whatever, you know what I mean? Like your whole belief system is this whatever and now like you get it. Yeah. And then he releases Hodge. He lets Hodge go. Go, Muncher Hodge. I will find you again, but I am not fit to judge you today. Duvik, you should know I lied, says Hodge. I've been corresponding with Lord Baltimore ever since we parted ways. If you want him, you'll find him in Budapest in three weeks' time. Duvik just stands there in the cell after everything happened. I would have closed the cell and locked him in there. Yeah, that would have been fine. He could have totally done that. I mean, I don't know if Hodge is worried about Duvik going after Baltimore. Like, do you think that Hodge worries, like, of all the things that Baltimore has dealt with, you think he's worried about? Sure. I guess we're going to, I guess we're going to see in this next scene, but that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. He probably wants him. He's like, dude, like, don't mess with me. Please go after Baltimore. Oh, exactly. Go get it, man. Yes. You're going to regret it as soon as you do it. You know, that's what, that's what I felt like. Like, you want to know where Baltimore is? Yeah. Go get him. Go get him. Good luck. You're, you're on the right track. Yeah. So then we cut back October 11th, 1917 in Sarajevo, Austria, Hungary with Baltimore smoking his cigarette. I mean, he's in an outfit that we haven't really seen before, right? Like he's dressed up oh, as yeah. soldier again. Yeah. I just yeah. think that was interesting. It was like, and so he's reading Hodge's letters. Um, and so I left him there in the basement of that jail. But whatever uncertainty he felt then will not trouble him for long. And he will be back on your trail. I know that Hagus must be your quarry until you have killed him at last. Yet you, my friend, are the object of the Inquisitor's obsession. 
I told him that if he wanted to find you, he would find you in Budapest on the 20th of October. Heed my advice, my friend. Break off your pursuit of Haggis at least long enough to be in Budapest on that date. So he didn't even know that Baltimore was going to be there. He just told. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's setting setting the stage for it. Yeah. He told Duvik when he was going to be there. And then he told Baltimore to be there. He thinks you a monster, Henry. But Judge Duvik is the monstrosity. And I know all too well how you deal with monsters. The end. You harpoon him. Yeah, you harpoon him right through the chest. And he's just yeah. there walking through with his harpoon on his back and his arms around him. He's got seat. his cross knife. He's getting his cross knife ready. Chop him through their face, through their mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Getting ready to carry all those weapons again. Yeah, I, I really liked that. I, I thought it was really cool. And like, yeah, it's definitely setting the stage for like something intense to happen. But I like how Hodges like, first of all, he calls him his friend two times in the letter. He says, my friend. So I kind of like that, too. You know what I mean? And then he tells, uh, he's basically telling Baltimore, like, look, you're after Haggis, but this guy's after you. You know what I mean? So take care of this guy so that way you can do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that's pretty cool. You know I mean? He's actually trying to, like, help him. I think this is the first time that any, well, I guess also Vanessa was trying to help him, too. I think Vanessa also wanted revenge because that guy killed her grandmother. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think Vanessa like, wanted revenge, yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's like, you know, this guy is hunting you and he's torturing people to find you. And if you don't take care of him, he's, yeah. more people are going to die before he reaches you. And we're getting sort of like a Team Baltimore. Like, Vanessa never became part of Team Baltimore, but she kind of did. You know, right? Yeah, like she yeah. showed up and saved Hodge. Like she's part of the team. You know, sure, she did save Hodge because he was about to get tortured and he wasn't going to do anything about it. You know, an- another thing I just noticed when he stabs Vanessa and they show the two flashback panels, they're blue. Yeah, yeah, that's what and I'm then, saying. There's a lot of blue there. Yeah, that's that's you definitely know? telling part of the story, and that's like very cool. I love that. And I'm like trying to remember if that leads anywhere with anything, but Dave Stewart picks colors intentionally you know right so, yeah. it's all very strategic i like right. how all these threads are coming together too like we're able to tie back to the curse bells and to the plague ships and all that stuff yeah oh yeah there you go aubrey's showing me the covers are in the back of the omnibus some of them are um that oh, cool. the cover with the gorilla is back there too oh okay cool they yeah, have and yeah. then they have the sketchbook section do that they it was, i i don't have my omnibus on me i just have the digital version but yeah i'm looking at this one sketchbook right now and it's got like you know sketches for the beach monster and uh lescavar yeah. and uh nice. i love the, the sketches of um of uncle flip like that page with those and then they they have uh drago smoking a cigarette that's oh, a yeah, really fun like, picture yeah there's a nice like seagull with a fish in his mouth or something like that that's really cute yeah yeah and the seagull no, it's got a crab in its mouth, and it's and the seagull is like getting all deformed. Its beak is like growing. Oh crab. yes, it oh, is. Oh wow! Okay. I know that's a cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. cool one. But then it's also got like you know from the last time stories, Edgar Allan Poe, and the stage manager, and the the de- oh, red from death the monster. Play. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But it, and like John said, it has all these covers. But then it also has this one really cool picture of uh, Abe Sapien and Bendigo. <laughs> yeah that was like for a promotional thing or something that is in the back of the oh the, yeah it does yeah it has it back there yeah Abe's that's, in, the, the that's the passing stranger trade paperback that's so cool very cool yeah yeah and it has like sketches of those um the creatures from the previous story and it's got like frankenstein monster mutant vampire number six and it looks like a frankenstein monster 
where it's like oh it's nice like patched like it's patched together and then it's got hulk vampire the one that he like that came after him and he like pushed back into oh yeah the big giant one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's got some good stuff in here yeah it's got the, all the covers that's cool awesome awesome well thank you wes that was really great fuck i'm loving these baltimore short stories um yeah, they've been really good, good so far and i'm excited to get to more and i'm excited to get everyone's feedback on these short stories let us know what you thought and now aubrey's gonna say all the things yeah everybody that was baltimore dr lescovar's remedy and the inquisitor those are really good stories i actually do enjoy these short stories and like john says we want to hear what you say send us a hey you damn guys at book club member comics at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at book club member comics and on twitter book club members as always you can find all of our resources on our podbean website our facebook about section and our link trees on instagram and twitter as always a special <laughs> thank you to paul from gotahan for the theme music thank uh, you paul thank you paul Thank you, John, for all your editing skills. Thank you, Wes, for joining You're us welcome. again. Thank um, you, Wes. Man, you should have heard how many times you had to fix Lescavar when I was trying to say it last week. <laughs> Dude, I can't, uh, I get, like, can't say that name for whatever reason. Uh, you can find your podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. That would be very helpful. Yes. Every little bit helps. Gives us Gets the show higher in the ratings, apparently. And then uh, if, you have, if you're enjoying this and you have a friend who likes comics, tell them about it. You know, tell them to come join the book club. Please do. Next week, we are reading Silver Surfer Issues. Eight through ten. We're really going to do it this time. Are we time. finally going to do it, Aubrey? Yes. yes okay, yes. It. Awesome. So you know what to do. Pull out those back issues, trades, issues, flom- floppies, omnis, hooplas. Flomnies. Uh, flomnies. Get, get the flomnies and join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Wes Matice. And don't forget your flomnies. Get your flomnies. Everybody's got them. <laughs> and I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, trust me, they only smell like brimstone. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bros. <laughs> <laughs>